0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: My name is Samantha Garner, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a CheeseLandian because I take cheese seriously, just like they do in Wisconsin. Go to cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up.
2: Greetings, everybody. Capri Cafaro here, the host of Eat Your Heartland Out. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to the first season of the show. Really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. And we're going to be back for season two, starting sometime in mid-January. But in the meantime, in between the seasons, we actually have a special treat for you. And it's a sweet one. It is a bonus episode about baking, which is perfect for the holiday season. So pull up a chair and listen to this episode all about baking in the Midwest. We're going to introduce you to Rose McGee, the founder of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie in Minnesota. And then Val Lux, who started the Midwestern Pie Contest. Enjoy and have a wonderful holiday season. And until season two, happy eating. On the show today, we are lucky to have Rose McGee joining us. Rose is the founder of the Sweet Potato Comfort Pie Project.
3: Rose, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure being here.
2: Well, first, uh, I'd like you to maybe tell uh, our listeners just a little bit about you and your background. I know that you uh, have a really interesting day job that I feel um, actually kind of has a bit of an influence on uh, the Sweet Sweet Potato Comfort Pie Project.
3: Mm, My day job with Minnesota Humanities Center? Yes, that would be Mm -hmm. the one. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, it works out beautifully because that's why I do the work that I do, um, because, you know, we're just, our goal at Minnesota Humanities Center is to, you know, have this conscientious society. And we want people to just understand how to communicate with each other effectively and be authentic in the communication. And that's what sweet potato comfort pie is about as well. It's just that with uh, the sweet potato comfort pie approach, pie is always involved. So Minnesota humanities where I do work said we've got to somehow do a partnership with you because you're doing what it is that we are supposed to be doing here as well. So we, since the murder of Mr. George Floyd in May, uh, Minnesota Humanities decided let's take a look at how we can work with sweet potato comfort pie, and um, just you know get people together in a in a safe way, mm. have the conversations, and have pie as a part of it. So that's what we've done. Uh, established four conversations around the theme: How can we breathe? Because if, you, wow. as you know, that was you know some of the. Final words, of yes, Mr. Floyd. I can't breathe. So, how can we breathe? And this is a, an approach to understanding these aspects of systemic racism. Right. So, the first conversation, "How can we breathe?" The mamas was focusing on women who had lost their children mm. to, um, you know, violence either at the hands of law enforcement or other violence. The second one um, we did was the elders and the youth.
1: Together?
3: Yes. mm -hmm, That's wonderful. That intergenerational conversation Mm -hmm. together. And um, the one we're about to do um, pretty soon, uh, early November, will be um, the artists and meaning makers. And then the final one will be in December, and that will be the policy and change makers.
1: Mm.
3: And coinciding with each of those, we're working outside of just the Twin Cities so St. Cloud, Minnesota, Mankato, Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota, and also, um, is that for? Oh, Rochester, Minnesota. So those four cities, um, we're bringing voices in from there as well. And pies are being made in those respective communities. And then organizations are getting the pies um, mm-hmm. free, and they're able then to gift them into the community. According to the theme of that conversation that that's incredible I, I mean it's that's
2: profound and and I, I really I love this concept because it shows how food is a tool of uh, not only a conversation starter but a common denominator it can it can serve as a um, a starting point for a dialogue, which is what exactly it sounds like you're doing with, with uh, the sweet potato pie comfort project. Mm-hmm. Um, walk us through when I mean, you gave us these four themes, particularly, you know, right now with the work post the death of, of George Floyd, you know, with, within these communities in Minnesota, but maybe walk us through, you know, what does this look like? So one of the, the four themes that you did, like the mamas or the intergenerational between the elders and, and, and the youth, um, what exactly happens in, in these, you know, individual conversations or, or dialogues?
3: Well, each one takes on its own energy, obviously, you know, just listening to the, to the title. And certainly uh, the mamas was very emotional, of course. Sure. You um, have women, again, who um, have been living every day with the loss of their child in such a violent way. One mother, um, who's now very much a, a, a community well well known woman now, her son was killed um, oh about 20 years ago, but since the murder of George Floyd, this um, energy that has you know come up, people are really rising to um, get a lot of those cases that were dropped, or closed with absolutely no resolve or no investigation really Mm -hmm. many of those mothers are coming forth and and one of our speakers was one of those mothers and how awful it was when she basically was told just to Mm. um shut up just go away Wow. wow and then you know knowing that her child was innocent of the uh you know the reason that they had he'd been killed And even so, there was just no reason for him to have been killed in the manner which he was. Obviously, sure, of course. And then, you know, to hear her talk about how, you know, a couple of days later, they arrested a couple of young men who were the ones that supposedly had committed whatever the crime was. But yet there was never anything back to her of apology or anything for the family in that manner. So these kinds of things, you know, are uh, what we hear every day and social media has really helped to bring it more to light. And certainly, um, it, it you, you know, you listen to stories such as this and you realize Black lives definitely have not mattered um, mm. to many people. And that's why the movement is so, so intense. Uh, I, I couldn't say
2: it any more uh, poignantly than, than you just did. Um, and I, so I'm just trying to picture this. So there's a speaker um, and that comes in and, and sort of talks uh, about the theme, of, the choice of the theme, and then and then who does that person speak to? Who else is in the room? And how does Pi play a role in that
3: dialogue? Mm-hmm. Well, the way we've done it, because everything is virtual, um, we've done everything virtual online. Um, at first, you know, this was the first one we were about to do. And I thought maybe I could bring the mothers together. This was in August. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe I could bring them together in a social distance space with masks mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody would be separated. Right. And I could tell that, you know, people weren't really that comfortable with that. And so I, I can said, understand. Well, yeah. Um, I said, let's just not even focus on that. We'll, we'll just do it um, you, in your own homes, in your own comfort. And we had a tech company that worked with us to, um, you know, help with those recordings. And we first with this group anyway, um, we did a test with them to make sure, you know, that their lighting was all right. And so then um, I facilitated the conversation. and It was, you know, like we're doing interviewing um, and giving each person a chance to share her own story and then having them interact with each other. And it was just so powerful, you know, the affirmations that they gave each other at the end. I bet. Mm -hmm.
2: Is there Mm -hmm. a place that we can go and see this? I mean, is this on the Minnesota Humanities website or tell tell our listeners how they can actually go and see this? Because that's one of the, the I mean, there's a lot of drawbacks to having virtual. But one of the one of the I think benefits is that the message. Is able to be conveyed, you know, beyond the four walls that may have mm-hmm. previously been in in a circumstance like this. Now we can all share in this this powerful message.
3: Yes, yes, you can. So, um, Minnesota Humanities Center, or um, uh, yes, sweet potato comfort pie, but www dot dot and that brings you to the Minnesota humanities uh, webpage and you can just go to events and you'll see how can we breathe series mm-hmm. and click on to either of the um, events that have already happened. And the, the, the recordings are there. Wow. So it's, yeah, you get to hear this conversation. And after each conversation um, another powerful thing happens Uh, We have a young woman by the name of Dr. Brittany Lewis, and she's done a lot of research, um, particularly around systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And she is able to give this summation of what we just heard, um, you know, bringing the the statistics and the data and the historical Mm. perspective into it. Quite, quite interesting, very interesting, very intriguing. She's a brilliant young woman. And then when she's done with that, um, we break people into smaller groups and send them into the breakout rooms with a trained facilitator. And that's where Sweet Potato Pie comes in because we, you know, uh, train the facilitators to use the concept of Story Circle, which is, you know, one of the processes that I just the humanities, right? Mm -hmm. So they go into the smaller sessions. They get a chance to kind of – you know, talk about what they heard. And they also get to talk about themselves and what does this mean for you and what you have been doing and what you plan to do and you want to do and your desire and your actions. So several things are happening here simultaneously. One is people who may just be getting absorbed into this. It's like, oh my goodness, this is just, Oh, really? This is happening? Oh, I can't believe this is happening. I only thought this happened in the news. Oh, no, this is real. Mm-hmm. And then you've got that person. But you've also got people who are there to learn, what can I do? How right. can I be of, uh, of, of, of a tool to move forward here? So policies and practices and procedures and and just trying to get people activated into Um, you know, making a change is the purpose of this. So after these conversations take place, everybody comes back to the main room. Um, We get to hear, you know, a few key nuggets from each of the um, rooms. And then we um, talk about who, uh, what organizations in these respective communities took the pies and who they gifted them to. And then that's sort of the close of the evening.
2: Th- that's incredible. So how do they get the pies? And, and then they decide that they gift them to individuals in the communities that are related to the themes that they discuss. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
3: That's correct. So we try to reach out to organizations that, you know, Minnesota Humanities has in some way had some sort of relationship with or organizations that we've certainly heard about. And we reach out to them and say, we're interested in you. Um, accepting, um, so we try to get five, right, um, to take five pies in, let's say, St. Cloud. That was our first one. And then five pies in the Twin Cities area. So that's 50 pies total because Mm -hmm. each of the five organizations would receive five pies each. So then you get to um, select the, what we call the mamas, I'm still on that one, right? And Mm -hmm. um, this can be a, a woman who has, again, either lost a child Or it could be um, a woman who, or girl for that matter, who may be doing um, work in the community Mm -hmm. around racial justice or leadership, whatever these organizations felt that they wanted to do and how. So that's how we did it. But the other piece of it too, is who does the baking? Uh, Yep. So we have these remarkable um, chefs, three of them that I've working with, who are coordinating that with the community bakers. So these three bakers that are working with Sweet Potato Comfort Pie are the ones who are reaching out across these four communities, uh, including the Twin Cities, to find these bakers. So for example, um, one baker we kind of learned about through um, a Sweet Potato Comfort Pie volunteer, uh, a young man who used to live here in the Twin Cities, and he and his partner have Um, two eating establishments in the St. Cloud area in a town called St. Joseph, which is right next door to Mm -hmm. um, St. Cloud, 10 minutes away. So they have the bakery and they have a a Louisiana cuisine restaurant and they're right right next to each other. So um, he, Mr. McBee and uh, his fiance, Aaron, um, made the 25 pies and then the five organizations um, picked the pies up On the date that they were ready. And by the way, they're using my recipe uh, for the sweet potato pie and they're using uh, my branding for sweet potato comfort pie. So that's with the two hearts on top and we send them the packaging, the boxes, um, the insert that goes in. So everything is, you know, uniform and the insert comes from our CEO here.
2: Well, you know what's interesting about this? I almost see these, the, the pies as, as, as a, as a talking stick. In a, way, in a way that, that you know, it's, you know, the pie is there as an empowerment. You, you're passing that along, you're, and that's an acknowledgement of your willingness to engage in a meaningful conversation, a meaningful dialogue, and, and ultimately to take action, which is what it sounds like, you, you know, you're, you're discussing here. It's not just, you know, having these meaningful conversations, but then coming back together and talking about how to apply those um those lessons, those takeaways to to meaningful action um, in in the context, you know, in this context in regards to racial injustice, Mm anti-racism and and the rest. And so I
3: want to now sort of zoom back out and- and Let me just add one more piece to this. When we're done with all four of them, we then extend an invitation for all of those organizations to come together. Um, That'll be um, towards uh, mid-December. to reflect on what happened. What happened since, you know, you took these pies out to community? Was there uh, an additional relationship established or did that create any um, additional changes in your community in any way? And we know that that's true uh, already Mm -hmm. with some of the some of the connections that have been made. So that's um, part of the process as well
2: quantifiable change, one slice of pie at a time. It's, it's Mm -hmm. incredible. Um, so, so as I was saying, because I, I, you know, you jump right into this and, and I wanted to follow your lead because this is, you know, really a very unique type of, of initiative, but I want to kind of zoom back out and take a look at, you know, the origins of sweet potato comfort pie and your role within it and the sweet potato pie itself. So, um, Let's let's rewind all the way back to where you got this idea to start sweet potato comfort pie. What what motivated you and and how did how did this get all kicked off?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've been um, baking the pies for a number of years. It began just as something to do. You know, you just cook. I, I didn't grow up cooking a lot of food. <laughs> as I tell people, I really don't even like to cook. But somewhere um, after I moved home from home, I I, I grew up with my grandmother and great-grandmother in the rural South. Mm -hmm. And by the time I'd gotten grown, married, and living now in Colorado, I'd moved from Tennessee. One day, I decided I wanted to make a sweet potato pie. There were two Southern desserts I wanted to make. And I called my grandmother and said, can you tell me how to make a sweet potato pie and a blackberry cobbler? And she told me what to do. And I just messed them both up. But I really messed up the cobbler. The sweet potato pie wasn't messed up as badly, so then I decided, okay, I'm going to try them both again. Really messed that cobbler up again, but <laughs> the pie, the sweet potato pie, was better. And I continued to make them. And people, you know how it is um, when when you go to places, if folks like what you make, they'll say, okay, we want you to bring this, we want you to bring that. Yep. And so people were asking me to bring uh, the sweet potato pie. So that's how that went for several years, and it would be. Um, several years and several moves later, (laughs) but what I was happening, you know, I tell people all the time, I didn't call this pie. The pie was calling me all those years and I didn't even know it because I would go to a community. um, At that time I worked for IBM corporation and I, you know, moved around to a few places and um, I would always gravitate towards the dessert menu. If I knew there was a sweet potato pie there And I always tasted it and just see what it was like. And so if I liked something about it, I would ask for the ingredients just to see what is it that's making this different from the way mine tastes. And that happened um, uh, several, several times. And that's how my my recipe that began is my grandmother's recipe shift it into what I call the community recipe, because I was- Which is things. which is
2: on the Sweet Potato Comfort Pie website, by the way, for folks that are interested.
3: So here, uh, later on, I'm now uh, working in education and, um, you know, taking pie in during Black History Month just to say, yeah, this is a tradition. And then people started asking, why don't you sell it? And I'm like, no, no, no. And that continued- So I did start selling it at the markets, the farmer market, for a while. And then I realized after a few years of that back aches and knee aches and everything else, I'm really not making money. What was bringing me joy, though, was how people love to just talk and stand there and uh, talk about the history of the pie for them and what it meant. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually I had to stop because I just was not making money. I was just getting exhausted working full time and then trying to do this. I bet. Sure. But I was watching television during Ferguson, um, Missouri, after Michael Brown had been killed. And I felt so badly. I was like, what can I do? For some reason, I suddenly felt compelled to do something. And out of nowhere, and I just tell people because I am, you know, somewhat spiritual. And I was telling people, um, I just, um, no, it was the Lord speaking to me. And I... um, said, I don't know why you're telling me to make sweet potato pies, but that's what I was being told to make sweet potato pies and take them to Ferguson. I got up from television watching and went in and just stood around in circles in my kitchen and decided, all right, that's what I'm going to do. So I made about 30 pies and drove down. I contacted a pastor and asked if he knew anyone in Ferguson area that I could connect with because I didn't want to just show up. Right. And so um, he did. And there was um, this powerful experience of getting down there. And by the time I arrived, the initial um, protesting had stopped and it was just sort of an eerie silence in the Mm -hmm. city because people were waiting to see if there was going to be an indictment As we would learn, you know, a few weeks later after that, there was no indictment. Then the rioting and everything, uh, protesting rather, started all over again. But what I discovered on that trip was people were very receptive to receiving the pie. That's another thing, by the way. I didn't just go up and say, here, take this pie. But I asked if they would be willing to accept the pie and why it was important that I give them the pie. And, um, and what did you
2: say? How did they how do people react to that? You know, you, you, they don't maybe necessarily know you. You're, you're from a different state. You come mm-hmm. to Ferguson, Missouri. Um, how long is that drive um, from from, you know, where you are in Minnesota down to Missouri? I'm sure that that was quite an emotional experience just driving down there thinking about what you're going to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you arrive with, you know, 30 odd pies. How does mm-hmm. that? How does how do people react when you say, "Will you take this? Here mm-hmm. I am. You don't know me.
3: Right. Right. Well, the very first thing uh, I did was stop in Chicago Mm. because I have a friend there, Naomi Davis, who has a program called Blacks in Green. And it's this food sustainability program. And they were having this major event. And she had asked me to stop by um, just to see, because this was a kickoff for some big festival. And she said, oh, by the way, bring some pie, with you? (laughs) Just, just, you know, (laughs) by the way. <laughs> and and I did. So I made extra, you know, I had my 30 something buys that I was dealing with, but I took, and what I no- noticed was there was this group of elderly black women sitting together um, eating because she had a chef there teaching people how to cook traditional soul food without making it, you know, bad. <laughs> right, right. And um, here I am with sweet potato pie. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Um I watched those ladies and when they ate the pie and they were nodding that, oh yeah, this is good. That just really lifted my confidence that I was doing the right thing. Because, you know, first thing I'm thinking is here I am, the nerve of me coming from Minnesota, going right into, you know the place where more black people are who have migrated from the South, who know about sweet potato pie. And here I come, even though I had come from the South, but still the perception of it, but for sure. these ladies to be sitting there and they were elderly women and they were eating it and they were all right with it. It just really did uplift me. And mm. when I got there, um, the first place the pastor took me, he said, if you don't mind, I'd really like you to take pie by um, this family. Um and they had just lost their father. Oh, goodness. So this man had been, you know, ill, but not they weren't expecting him to go so fast. And when this daughter of his, who was probably about early 60s, started crying because I gave her a sweet potato pie, I thought, oh, my goodness. And the pastor said, you know, this is something here. What you've got going? I said, well, I don't know what I've got going. I don't know going. what I got going. But <laughs> and then um, divine
2: intervention.
3: It really was all the way, and that's what happened. People were often in tears. The pies are pretty; they're beautiful. You open the box, and the aroma comes out, and you know it smells good, and it tastes good too. So for people to react as they did. We were one time, um, you know, I I had stopped to get something to eat and I'm in a very popular soul food restaurant um, that used to be on television. It was a reality show at the time. And I wanted to go there and I'm in line because the line is so long. It's a tourist attraction. And this family of black people were in front of me and um, they were celebrating something. And, you know, I didn't know what until I finally could hear the young lady was, um, she had just graduated from nursing school. And I, I don't know what came over me. And I just stepped out of line and walked up to her and I said, congratulations to you. Um, This is really wonderful hearing that you just graduated from, from nursing school. And she said, Yeah, because my baby is in um is still in the hospital. My baby is two months old and hasn't been home yet. Oh goodness. Because the baby was premature and mm-hmm. had some health issues. And she's been in school herself and the baby's been ill, and the family just wanted to take her out and treat her. And I said, Well, do do you mind taking a sweet potato pie <laughs> and she looked at me like what what <laughs> we're standing here in this restaurant and you're asking me if i would... that's what i think she was thinking and she said yeah <laughs> i said okay i said i won't worry about it right now giving it to you let's let everybody get in and get settled and then when it's time for me to leave i'll Go and get it and bring it to you. So that's what what I did. And, and when I got ready to leave, because they were still there, and I brought it to her and gave it to her, sh- you could see the shock on her face. Because she wasn't expecting it to look like that, because it is. They're, they're very beautifully packaged. And she That makes a me, difference. She looked up at me and she said, This is beautiful. I said, Well, thank you. And and she says, It smells good too. <laughs> I said, well, I believe it tastes good too. And then everybody else was, you know, looking and wondering like, what is going on here? Who is this person that you're just taking this pie from? And she just told me how uplifting it made her feel to receive that. And then she started to cry. And <laughs> I said, I don't want you to cry. I'm going to go now. And that's what happened along the way. And on the way back home, I realized We've got to do something right here in Golden Valley, Minnesota, which is home. And we did. And we started the Martin Luther King holiday weekend of service. So on that Saturday, volunteers come and make the number of pies that Dr. King's age would have been. And then on that Sunday, people come and have conversations around race. And they also talk about who they'd like to gift those pies to. So this year, 91 pies went out into the community.
2: Oh, that's just wonderful. And what a wonderful way to, I think, end our conversation. Um, I I am just so inspired by your work and I know that our audience will be as well. Uh, Nourishing for the body, nourishing for the soul, sweet potato comfort pie. We are so happy to have you. Thank you again for joining us today. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. My name is Samantha Garner, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously, just like they do in Wisconsin. Cheeselandia is a community for loud and proud cheese lovers brought to life by Wisconsin Cheese. I know that I can always cook amazing food with their cheese, and it's even good enough just to snack on. As a Cheeselandia member, I know there is always a supportive community behind me who always gets as excited as I do about cheese. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more. And if it's for you, sign up. Check us out on Instagram at Cheeselandia.
2: Joining the show now is Valerie Lux, the woman behind Honey Pie Cafe and the host of the Great Midwestern Pie Bake Off. Valerie, thanks for being on the show with
4: us. Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Well, I am excited to have you talk to our listeners and our audience about your love of pie, uh, since uh, we're talking on this episode about Midwestern baking and how sort of the Midwestern baking goes into people's DNA. And pie is very much part of that story. So I know you're a pie maker and you even teach pie classes.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: How did you get into making pie and, and ultimately
4: starting the Honey Pie Cafe? Um, Honestly, I could uh, blame my mother for pie making. I think a lot of pie makers could do the same. My mom taught me very young. Um, She used to make apple pie and lemon meringue pie all the time. And I was probably seven or so when I first learned. And I just loved it. And I would read our Better Homes and Gardens, the red checkered cookbooks, and Mm -hmm. the joy of cooking that I think every Midwestern house probably had. Absolutely. Absolutely loved to just recreate the recipes at home as a as a kid and so i just always kind of baked and worked on stuff out of love and and um just grew into it over time and uh i actually went to school to do something completely opposite of baking and running a restaurant but in 2009 my brother and i opened honey pie cafe And my initial job was just to run the front of the house and the business end. And my brother was the chef. And I thought it'd be cute to make some pies here and there because I loved it so much. And and it just became its own little monster. And I ended up baking (laughs) all the time for the first three years until I could hire some bakers. So how many pies did you end up making at any given time on your own? Oh, God, when we first opened, I would make 30 or 40 pies a day. Wow, yeah, it was nuts. I lived in the kitchen. It was i completely unexpected. what's your specialty? um I think we're really well known for our cream pies um and then you're you know, a woman we... after my own <laughs> own heart <because laughs> yeah i am I am
2: a pie baker myself, but I actually shy away from fruit pies, and I'm all about cream, so I want to hear more
4: yeah, so we I wanted them to be very reminiscent of the old you know diner style pies that you would mm-hmm. see rotating in the cases like when you'd go into your neighborhood you know cafes and restaurants so yep. um they're in a graham crust but they're very traditional um cream base we do everything from scratch from the beginning of our our the founding of the restaurant in 2009 we had a huge emphasis on emphasis on sourcing locally so we're using you know Wisconsin eggs Wisconsin milk Wisconsin cream i think you know the sugars from Michigan. <laughs> it's like so. We're and butter, of course, Wisconsin butter. Obviously, so it's yeah. I, I think they're just extra delicious because we've always really focused on great nearby quality ingredients and everything's from scratch that goes into them. Well, I think
2: I think you've told us uh, where and how a little bit without explicitly saying it, but how the Midwest has influenced your pie baking, you know, from Mm -hmm. your mom, uh, from an early age, from, you know, the the those cookbooks that are so iconic, Better Homes and Gardens, Joy of Cooking, that locally sourced ingredients, which is so important uh, for everyone. But I think that, you know, Midwesterners take really a lot of pride in making sure that, you know, they really are. Getting the best quality ingredients from their neighbors, um, yeah. But you know, are there any other ways that you see the Midwest uh, manifesting itself in in your baking or or in your Honey Pie Cafe work?
4: Well, I, you know, when I I I um, first moved up to Wisconsin in two thousand and five or six, I think. That's right. You're from outside of Chicago, right? Right. Yeah. But grew up outside of Chicago. And I I came up to Milwaukee with my brother to do the, the, our, our first restaurant, which is a different story. But we, I entered the, um, Wisconsin State Fair pie competition just because having been in Chicago, I could never, it was hard to go to the Illinois one because it's all the way down in the middle of the state. And, um, this one was just, you know, right down the road. So I thought I'm going <laughs> to sign up for this pie championship. And I ended up winning a blue ribbon and that, uh, I, I almost cried, <laughs> but it was very <laughs> inspirational being, it was really fun to be at the contest because I saw all these people who clearly had been competing for years and took it very seriously. They were coming from all over the state. And it really inspired me in our founding of Honey Pie because you could just see the pride that was taken in these very you know midwestern roots of of cooking and food especially in Wisconsin being such a um, you know the the, dairy the farm state. and dairy state uh, that exactly. it is yeah and so it just was really we wanted we took that into the building of honey pie's menu and just it really inspired where a lot of our pies come from what well, i have to ask what your winning pie was it was a nectarine crumble Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, I've, I've uh, entered a few of my pies into our local county fairs. And, and one of them that, that actually did get a ribbon was a peaches and cream pie. So I, I feel Fun. like sometimes, because not a lot of fairs actually allow the cream pies, you know, they specifically don't. because of refrigeration issues. Yep. And so this was more of a, I mean, the cream was really not necessarily, it was more of a uh, like a cream cheese base, but it was it wasn't like a full cream pie. Full cream. Um, so Sounds yeah, I, that's that's something that really has like weighed on me. And it, where I come from the competition is very stiff because of Amish country. Yeah. So the the Amish communities, which, you know, rightfully so, have just these beautiful, incredible baked goods and pies, and they clean up. Um, (laughs) So I was really proud that I, like, got anything on the board um, at at one of our local county fairs. But um, so we're talking pie contests, and which brings us to the pièce de résistance, which is the Great Midwestern Pie Bake Off, Mm -hmm. which you started. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, how did this all come about? Why did you decide to start a a specific competition for pie and particularly Midwestern pie?
4: Well, I think, you know, the back to the the state fair was just really fun and everything, participating in that was a a great time. I like to say I have half of a blue ribbon from the Missouri State Fair because I coached my best friend through her winning pie. Awesome. I've always just thought pie contests were so fun and I love how the participants in them take so much pride in what they do and everybody has such a strong opinion about pie or a favorite from their family that they are proud of. So I just wanted to bring that to our our community because they're just a really fun time and and we started it in 2016 this is our fifth year doing it and it has been a really good time every year it's been really fun to see the creativity that people bring to the contest
2: so what what kind of categories uh do these pies compete in are the, there are a bunch of different categories right and i think they change
4: every year we change them up every year um, historically in in the before times we did three categories usually and they we always had a best Wisconsin ingredients category and that was um, the pie made you know pie made with all Wisconsin sourced ingredients and those were really fun. We've done cherry, we've done apple, we've done chocolate in the past. Um, This year, we just have one category because the pie contest is slightly different this year, and it's just family favorites.
2: So, which I'm glad I'm going to get to sort of, you know, how things have changed with the competition in a minute, but I do want to talk a little bit about the process of submission mm-hmm. and the judging of these pies. In, in just a, a traditional, you know, over the last four years, what would that look like?
4: So, normally we had the contest on a Saturday and people would bring their pies in in the morning and enter them. They're entered anonymously and then we line them all up on a big, huge table. People can come through and see them. And we invite different um, community partners from the city to be judging teams. So in the past, we've had representatives from the local independent radio station, from our um, independent magazines and newspapers. We've had local businesses come. Um, and then the honey Pie baking team also acts as a set of judges. And we Judge the pies, we have a, you know, system and grading system we go through and then at the end of it we announce the winners. And typically this is happening during a fall festival that we've had on our block. Um this year's the first year that it'll be a little different and hopefully the last year. <laughs> we can go back to the I think other we one. <laughs> all
2: kind of feel the same way as people have adapted You know because of the coronavirus pandemic and and everything has gone virtual and online we're kind of losing that sense of community Mm -hmm. just you know in this year uh, particularly as so many of you know our small towns have these festivals whether you know it's uh you know some kind of an ethnic festival in the summertime or our county fairs Mm -hmm. uh, the fall festivals pumpkin fest, apple festivals yeah. Um, zucchini fest I mean you know we
4: cranberry festival grape jamboree I mean <laughs> yeah. I, we got a
2: ton of <laughs> strawberry fest I mean I can set my clock in in northeast Ohio by whatever kind of random festival and mm-hmm. you know they're all they were all canceled this year and understandably mm-hmm. so yeah. um, but you were able to continue the pie bake off virtually um, yes. by making some changes so you said that there's one category which is family favorites but how else have you managed to to you know adapt the the bake off and and take it take it virtual
4: so this year i was inspired by the old um you know like the dole company or like in the 50s those the food companies would come out with like like Jello. recipe submission yeah. contests mm-hmm. and then you would get you'd select the best recipes and they like go on the can of pineapple or whatever um i love we're, it we're following that same idea and uh contestants submit their recipes and they submit to the one category of family favorites, and then we're asking contestants to bake the pie at home, submit a photograph, and then also tell us a little story about why this is their favorite family favorite, you know, or pie, what, what makes it special to them. And so far the, the entries have been really wonderful. Uh, so they're submitting that online, and then at the end of the submission period, which is um, October 30th, The honey pie baking team is going to go through all the submissions and we're going to select out the top six recipes. And then we're going to actually make those pies and then submit them or share them with our community judges. So we'll drive them around town and drop them off. Drop them off. Yeah. And then they'll be judged that way. And then the top three will be selected from those. Have you changed first, the, second, the
2: criteria for judging, for example? Like, I mean, you know, so you have a specific scorecard um, in previous years, but have you modified that at all for, you know, this this COVID
4: land of, yeah. of you know, virtual mm-hmm. pie judging? Yeah, we did, because it, in, in, it was interesting. It was like, how do we judge through a piece of paper and a, <laughs> in a right. photograph, basically? So the first round of judging um, is is based on the photograph. So it's the attractiveness and the appeal of the pie. And there's actually a separate prize for the the coolest or the prettiest looking pie that gets submitted. And there's
2: some serious pie art out there. Yeah. On Instagram, if you check it out, wow. I mean, these people like literally are artists. Like even more than bakers. It's incredible.
4: Absolutely. I I can't do some of that stuff that's out there. It's amazing. It's really cool to see. And we get a lot of wonderful... I mean, just in the past years, we've always had um, a prize for the best best decorated pie, and the stuff that comes in is just really cool. So we're basing that's that's one of the criteria on the first round, and then the creativeness or the uniqueness of the pie recipe. Um, so that's a little different. In the past, we've had more hard you know hard and fast categories like apple and chocolate, so it right. wasn't really about the recipe. And then um, we also have. Uh, uh, an award for the best pie story, um, and then part of the judging criteria is just how well the recipe is written and conveyed. Mm-hmm. Because one of the prizes is the um, the top three winners will become pies of the month oh, in wow. January, February, and March, and the bake shop will make them. So we That's want the fantastic. rest.
2: Fantastic! Yeah, it'll be fun. Do you usually do that, or is this no. something different? Oh wow! This is
4: the first year we're trying this. So I, I, if it works, and I, if people are receptive to it, then I'd love to continue it. Um, I think it's really neat. We have such a, we have such a great community here in this area, and historically, the folks who participate in this are typically from this area, and so I think they'd love to be able to. I think it'd be cool to see your pie featured.
2: Yeah, no question. And um, since it's virtual this year, have you seen uh, an expansion of entries outside of Wisconsin or your immediate vicinity since now people can
4: enter from you know far and wide? From far and wide. Not quite yet, but we're still in the very early days of the um, submission window. So I'm hoping there's lots of people out there in other places crafting their recipes and their pie photographs. So I'm hoping we'll see people from beyond just this smaller um, community. We've gotten, you know, over the years, we've gotten people from farther away than just Milwaukee. But typically it's, you know, folks from nearby Mm -hmm. since they had to drive their pie in and drop it off. Yeah, well,
2: and if it's a cream pie, you know, you could have you could have a splat. And right, that's no good. <laughs> the whipped cream that hard work. And yeah. Next thing you know, you're you're scraping it off the the floor of the car. Right, uh, which is which is not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to to hear about how this uh, this goes. And if somebody wanted to follow this online or check it out to see, uh, is there a place to um, you know see
4: the the entries or the winners online? Yeah, we'll be sharing all of this through our social media channels and um the pictures and everything will be posted at honey pie cafe which is our instagram handle as and as well as facebook and um you can find out more information about the pie contest itself and all the rules on our web page
2: well, I know that I'm definitely going to be checking it out, and maybe, maybe next year, <laughs> I'll actually enter.
4: That'd uh, be fun,
2: which would be a blast. And, and <laughs> yeah. as as our audience is listening about this, hopefully, um, maybe you'll get some some entries from from across the country, or at least across the
4: Midwest, as it is the Midwestern uh, Pie Bake Off. Yeah, so that uh, would be great. That's our goal. Is I'd love to see this actually move to further, you know, encompass more of the Midwest as we keep going with this over time. That'd be really cool. Well, it sounds
2: like you are off to a great start for sure. Valerie Lux, Honey Pie Cafe with the great Midwestern Pie Bake Off. Thanks so much for joining the show. Eat Your Heartland Out is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.